Fred Film Radio interview. Fred Film Radio, this is Chiara Nicoletti. We are with Daphne Di Cinto, Alberto Bubacar Malanchino and Paolo Sassanelli, the writer, director and the lead actors of In Moro, The Moor and in the short film now in consideration for Oscars 2024. We're trying to bring good luck to Daphne. Welcome. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. So, uh, Daphne, first of all, when did you learn about Alessandro if you didn't know about him? And uh, why did you decide to do your first film, a short film, on him? Well, I am Afro-Italian and born and raised. And mm-hmm. I only came across the fact that Alessandro de' Medici's background is of African descent a couple of years ago. So the minute I discovered it, I couldn't believe that this story wasn't well known. Most people in Italy, but also most people in the rest of the world, don't know that this guy who became the first Duke of Florence and the first man to become a head of state in Renaissance Europe is also of African descent. Um, I think it's really important uh, to legitimize the presence of Afro-European people in our continent today, also through history and through the fact that our presence is way older than what we're led to believe. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I thought that this needed to be visual and I decided to do a short film. So why Alberto and Alberto, why did you decide to join the project and become Alessandro? Well, Alberto, because he literally is Alessandro de' Medici. I don't know if you've seen his picture next to the portrait of Alessandro de' Medici, but uh, honestly, I believe they're the same person. Uh, They just don't know. (laughs) Um, But also because Alberto is one of the most talented actors I know, and I am so honored that uh, he agreed to be a part of this project. Thank you. Thank you, Daphne. I know of Alessandro de' Medici, but um, had no idea I was of African descent. So when Daphne asked me the audition, to audition for the role, it was the first time I came across his story. Uh, I was intrigued. And after that, after that audition, Daphne and I met. Uh, I didn't know her, but she seemed to have a vision. So I said yes to making the film. So, Paolo... Uh- why did you decide to join this project to become a pope for Daphne? <laughs> because I, I read the script, I met uh, Daphne, uh, and I can't say no. I was excited, very excited to do the pope, this Clemente, and uh, I, I make a, 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 a right choice doing this uh, short movie with uh, Daphne, Alberto, and Andrea. It is a wonderful, wonderful movie, a wonderful work with a great actor and a great director. So this is my decision. I decide because it's a beautiful project. That's all. I want to know more about how you both worked on on the film. I mean, Daphne, how did you, what did you have? What kind of material did you have on Alessandro? How did you work on shaping him with uh, Alberto? Um, so 
we read the script together. We were um, in lockdown at the time, so it was really difficult to get together for rehearsals. Uh, but we ended up organizing a few online rehearsals. Um, and uh, I uh, separately sent all my actors different material on the project and had discussions with them. Uh, but, you know, I was very lucky because my actors brought so much to the table. And when we finally met to shoot, which was in January 2021, uh, in this tiny town on the top of a hill in uh, um, a northern Italian province called Dozza, where mm. there's this beautiful medieval castle. We were basically the only one in town because, uh, as I said, lockdown was still um, in progress. Um, and we got to finally work together face to face. I thought the characters were already there, but we managed to um, throw ideas around and even... Uh, even though the script was there, we ended up tweaking the script to finding uh, moments and mannerisms and um, moments of silence where these characters lived through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am really thankful to each of them. And Alberto and I uh, had a great connection and we worked so well together. I think we both felt uh, how important it was to tell this story um, and uh, we only had, you know, a couple of days to shoot, but we we gave it our all. Alberto, how would you describe Alessandro? Well, what did you learn about him? How would you say, what kind of person do you think he was? I think Alessandro was really a, really a leader, mm-hmm. a charismatic leader, and also a fragile person, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, it was so interesting to discover these nuances about him. How important it is to tell this story in this very right moment, not only in Italy, but uh, around the world where this, this short film is traveling? Uh, because we're, uh, you know, we're, the, we talk so much about inclusion, representation, but in a way this is history. So it's something more that could add to be added to the conversation. Yeah, um, I think it's not about only this last century, but it's a, it's a very long story about the melting pot in Europe. And with Alessandro, I have the feeling that we, we could create a really connection between us and all the people, all the second generation, for example, here in Italy, mm. I'm I'm really pr- I'm really proud to be inside of this kind of production of this movie, because every time I'm thinking about myself when I was a little kid, and every time I saw only white people in television, only yeah. white only white people in the theater, and of course I don't have any kind of problem with white people but uh, <laughs> for me as a mixed race person Afro-Italian person is really important to have also this kind of story yeah the formation of identities comes uh, through history as well uh, yeah. as kids we're sitting in our you know, in our schools and listening to uh, an adult telling us what it is that we are 
And as Afro-Italian and Afro-European kids, what we hear a lot is that we don't belong to the countries that we call home. Um, and unfortunately, this happens because also the teachers don't know these stories and are not aware of them. So I think it's uh, it's something that really has to tackle to be tackled uh, from the foundation. So education, education, I believe, is the foundation of our futures. Um, and if we can start from there and normalize the existence of us today, but also of these characters that belong to our history, this is going to be the beginning of a, a new society uh, that is going to be, um, it's going to be impossible to manipulate them into being scared of diversity, which is exactly what is happening now. From your research, why do you think that this story was, um, I don't want to say hidden, but not well, told you can before. say hidden. <laughs> I can say hidden, yeah. Why, why I think you, so. Why did it happen? Why do you think it happened? Because I remember that in the Italian, the interview in Italian that we did, you also told me that um, some portraits um, of Alessandro were in a way whitewashed. So there was already this tendency to try and hide his um, Afro heritage. Uh, yes. Well, um, you know, in the Renaissance, race wasn't what we know of it today. Mm -hmm. So Alessandro's stigma didn't come from his skin color, but it came from his low birth. Yes. Because that was the problem at the at that age. Um But uh, Alessandro has such a particular story. You know, he gets legitimized into the family uh, when he is a young boy. So he gets separated from his mother and taken into the Medici family because the Medici were short of heirs. Mm -hmm. So you can only imagine what <laughs> the life of this guy must have been. Um, and, you know, when he becomes the Duke of Florence, which was also not in the plans, Uh, it is it is probably a surprise for him as well. What what happens after is that, uh, and spoiler alert for everybody, but hey, <laughs> this is history, so you're supposed to know it. Alessandro gets assassinated at the end of his reign. And when his successor, who isn't part of the main line of the Medici family, takes power, um, he has to legitimize his own existence there and he does so by slashing Alessandro's reputation and this is what happens in the 1500s but then uh, the 1600s start and with the 1600s 1700s 1800s colonialism becomes what mm -hmm. we know yeah. of it today and that narration that legitimized what they were doing to black people took It took a heavy toll on the story of Alessandro as well. And this also goes into the early 1900s, where the eugenetics theory um, also uh, contributed to hide this story even more. Because, of course, the narration of a young black man becoming the head of state uh, of Florence and the first duke of the city just didn't fit the propaganda that they wanted to um, to pursue. 
So throughout history, there have been a number of different reasons why Alessandro's story was hidden. Um, you know, when we started uh, making this movie and, you know, when I started writing it in uh, 2020, um, Alessandro's tomb in Florence was still unmarked. Uh, so Alessandro is buried in the Cappelle Medice, which uh, is the family tomb of the Medici family. Uh, in it, all the Medici men are buried and all the Medici men are mentioned, whether it is in the marble in front of their tomb or in the tourist panels in front of their tombs. Alessandro's name was nowhere to be found in 2020 nor in 2021. And when uh, the film came out, I decided to write a petition to the Council of Florence asking them to repair this omission. Wow. Um, so the petition was accepted and uh, in 2022, I believe. And actually this past uh, November, uh, Alessandro's name has been placed in the newly, um, the new tourist panels that have been set in the Cappelle Medice. So I, I feel I feel really proud about the fact that we had you know one little um, uh, one little contribution into this uh, wider story that has been going on for hundreds of years. But I think it's just really important because um, story kind history kind of. Goes well, repeats itself, but more than that, it, it keeps on being intertwined, it keeps on coming back. And unless we remember, we will never really be able to move on effectively as an entire human race. I, I was thinking about what I, uh, um, Alberto said about you know showing the film t in the schools, and I was thinking about the, the screening that in cinema did. Uh, in an accessible version, uh, that's something that adds, you know, to the uh, the very powerful message of the film. Uh, it, it becomes universal in a very important way, and I, I know that it has been shown to to um, uh, children in schools. So I wanted to know how you feel about that and how important is to make this uh, this film accessible to a wider audience? It is paramount. Uh, this film is not just black history, like some people have said. Yes. This film is everybody's story, so it needs to be accessible to everybody. Um, having the privilege to show it at, in cinema has been magical, and I've loved Uh, the accessible version that uh, um, you guys did. And uh, um, even more so, I wrote this film having in mind that I wanted to bring it into schools and into uh, universities. And I feel so lucky because that's what I've done for the past two months. Um, I've, I've been bringing it in various uh, schools and universities in Europe, but um, starting mid-October, I brought it to a number of American universities, among which Princeton University and Columbia University. Um, and the response has been incredible. Historians and historians of the art have... Um, loved it and praised it, which was really unexpected. 
Um, so I, I feel really satisfied about it because there's such a difficult audience, but even more so the students. The students' response has been magical. There has been instances of some girls coming to me and saying thank you for a movie where they felt represented. Yeah. And uh, let's not forget to mention Balkisa Maiga, who plays Alessandra's mother in uh, the movie. Yes. Um, and, you know, hopefully this character is going to be more developed in the bigger project. But uh, for people of African descent, and especially of uh, Afro-European descent, it is so uncommon to see ourselves in media and culture and movies. And we know how important movies are in, in, in the formation of culture. Um, having students come up to me and, I, I mean, I'll never forget this one girl that is Afro-Italian and studies in the U.S. And she came up to me and started crying because that's how much the movie touched her. And, you know, that is a victory for me beyond every award that we could ever win. Alberto, I can imagine this little girl and it's incredible how, uh, how true is what uh, Daphne said, that when you think about European cinema, uh, there's not a lot. You know, at least the Americans are a bit um, luckier in this, in this sense. Yeah, of course, um, I really agree with that. I think this story is so universal. It's universal and it could break several barriers that we see in the classic storytelling, you know. And the great thing is that story is a real story. It's not just a fantasy. It's not a fantasy. And sometimes I think reality can be more impactful than yes. fiction. One last thing, your hopes for this uh, short list and uh, for, for the future of, of, the, of this project, of this film, and for the possible series, obviously. Uh, yes, I hope this happened for, uh, for Daphne because she's great. She uh, uh, has a great energy and she believes everything as she's. She's really, really a wonderful director. And she, I think she, she need to do this. She need to do the big step in the future film because this story need uh, money, need uh, a production, a big production to make a, a great story, a good story and uh, maybe a series or a film. That's it. Well, you know, I remember the first shoot day, I was walking around the set and just going, all right, guys, we're going to win an Oscar. We're going to win an Oscar. <laughs> well, I had no idea we would ever even get to this point. Um, so, you know, uh, it's been magical. And, of course, moving forward and... Uh, um, being a part of this beautiful and important platform would, would, would be incredible for everybody that is a part of the film, but even more so for everybody that does feel represented by this film and that hasn't seen themselves represented before. Um, you know, in one way or in another, we will move forward. We will make the bigger project. Um, 
but uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens in the next few weeks, and then we'll take it from there. Uh, we can say good luck in English. We can say in bocca al lupo in Italiano, which would be the translation of merda, merda, merda. So thank you, Daphne Cinto, Alberto Bubacar Malanchino, and Paolo Sassanelli for talking about the Moor, Il Moro, and uh, come back soon on Fred. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we've been talking to Daphne Nicinto, Alberto Bubacar Malanchino and Paolo Sassanelli, director and actors of The Moor, Il Moro. And this is Chiara Nicoletti for Fred, the Festival Insider. Fred, Fred, Fred. 24-7 on Fred FM and smartphone app.